I believe God's gonna uh, speak something to us today. I hope that you came expecting to receive something uh, from the Lord today. Can I encourage you, never come to his house not expecting him to talk to you. And, um, and I just want to encourage you to know today that God has something that he wants to drop in your spirit. Come on, right here at the end of June of 2023 of summer. And I love kicking off sizzling summer. That sounds like a Pastor Kyle Brownlee name series if I've ever heard one, all right? And um, John chapter 14, I wanna begin here. And it says in verse 12, I love this, it says, I tell you the truth, Jesus is talking here. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing, but he will do even greater things. Everybody shout greater things. Than these, because I am going to the Father. I love that when, when, when Jesus spoke this word to us, that it wasn't just singular, that it was things, plural, that there is some things that God wants to use you and I to do that's even greater than what we've read about. And I don't know about you, but man, that stirs my faith to know that I'm grateful for a father in heaven who wants to see his kids go do even greater things than what you and I have read about. Come on, somebody, amen? And, uh, and I think that's the heart of a true father, right? The heart of a father says, man, go do greater things. Go do greater things. And so uh, I wanna talk to you for the next few minutes this morning on the topic of miracles in motion. I believe there's some miracles that are in motion for our life. And I think oftentimes we don't necessarily always seize it because we don't see it. And I think today, if I can get anything into your spirit today, my heart is to see your faith come alive and go to the next place in God in Jesus' name. Uh, I'm just in a season right now, just talking real honestly for a moment, that uh, as we came into this year, I told our church, you know, that God gave me a one word, and I always come in with a one word focus, which I think is healthy and good, and, and the word was listen. But part of that is I've been just hunkering down with the Lord and uh, listening to him is the stir of faith to believe that he can and that he will do what he said that he will do. And, uh, and that it's not enough for me just to read about his word when God has called you and I to be a people that want to, to, to be able to see activation to his word because that's the heart of our father to go and do greater things. I was thinking about motion. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, public restrooms seem to do a number on me. I have a little, I'm a little germaphobe. Where are my germaphobes at? Talk to me. Come on, wave at me. Yeah, I'm in the right place here. Yeah, yeah. And so, especially, how many know like gas room, gas station bathrooms? Lord have mercy. I mean, you know, I want to go like throw holy, you know, holy water on it. You know what I mean? Like, Lord have mercy on my soul. What has happened? And so, um, and so anyways, I, I've learned to thank, uh, be thankful for motion sensors in bathrooms too, right? Uh, one of the things I know about traveling, especially airports, are really updating uh, their game as it relates to the restroom ministry. Amen. And so, but I, I begin to, you know, to, to be thankful for, come on, the soap motion dispenser. Amen. Yeah, the, the, the paper towel motion dispenser. I, even a lot of bathrooms are, are getting into a place where you walk in and the lights turn off on when you come in. It's a motion sensor. I, I had a great idea presented to our church. I thought about maybe... Um, you know, trying to get it marked or whatever I need to do uh, to be able to have an idea and sell it and uh, patent, that's the word I was looking for. And, and, and that is, you know, like, I don't know about y'all, but when I go to a restroom and when I see somebody go one or two, and I think we all know what one or two is, but just in case you may not know, it's pee and I'll say it in church, poop, all right? Sometimes it's just a little freeing to say poop in church, all right? 
<laughs> and so, so, but it, it just like bothers me when I see people, they go to the bathroom and they don't wash their hands. Yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking, now here, my, my brother, here's the deal. I got to touch that handle. That's a problem. And so, you know, if you're like me and you're a germaphobe, if I have a long shirt, I'm like using, you know, putting my arm in my shirt and using the shirt to open the door or hoping somebody else opens it for me. So I thought the idea that I had, I don't know if y'all like it here, but Elevate City said that's a great idea. I think you ought to patent it. And that is if people don't wash their hands, that there's a little sensor, a motion sensor when they leave the restroom. And on the top, it says didn't wash hands and it blinks and lights. That was a great idea. And I thought, man, you know, that could be a great investment. Amen. So anyways, but here's why I bring all that up. And that is simply because there are some miracles that will only be activated in your life by movement. And I want to speak to you on the thought today. And we're going to look at a story with the woman with the issue of blood out of Mark chapter 5. But I really want to speak to you from this thought. That your miracle requires movement. There's an incredible story that we're going to see here with this woman with the issue of blood that shows us how a woman's movement activated her miracle. Let's, let's read this here. Mark chapter 5, verse 24, it says, So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Everybody say, pressed. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, and she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. And it's been all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Guess what she had to do? She moved. She pressed through the crowd. And she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. This woman was in need of a miracle. And she heard Jesus was coming to town. And I love her response because her response was, I've got to move. That I can't just sit where I'm at and do nothing about this. She moved and she pressed her way through the crowd in order to get to where Jesus was at. Knowing that if I just touch the hem of his garment, man, I know that I'm going to be Heal. There are some miracles that will only happen because you move. And let me say it this way, that there is a blessing in the pressing. There's a blessing when you and I make the decision that we're going to press and we're going to move closer to Jesus. And we're not just going to stay where we're at, but we're going to move towards the thing that God has for us. In fact, your Bible says in James, I believe it's chapter 4 and verse 8, that when you draw near to God, that God will draw near to you. And that we make the decision, we're going to draw close to him. He's going to show up. God will show up anytime he's invited. And oftentimes, I think we think we're waiting on God when God is saying, no, I'm waiting on you to move. I'm waiting on your activation. And so your miracle is on the other side of your movement. And can I tell you, the devil will do anything and everything to try to keep you from pressing towards Jesus. No matter what happens, you and I have got to make the decision that we're going to move towards him. There's a blessing in the pressing. Look at your neighbor and tell him there's a blessing in the pressing. Come on, look at the person who is your second choice. Tell him there's a blessing in the pressing. 
So I think there's some things that we gotta press past and that's what I wanna talk to you for the next couple of minutes real practically and really help us and really put the cookies all on the bottom shelf for us today. Number one is we've gotta press past pain. Think about this lady. This lady suffered pain for a lot of years. For many years, for 12 long years. And as we read it in the Bible, she only grew worse. The pain continued. Here's what I've learned about pain in my own life. Pain hits everybody. And when it hits, it hurts. Pain doesn't care about your social or your economic status. It doesn't care about the country or the career that you have, pain hits everybody. And here's what I know, it hurts. Pain paralyzes so many people and stops so many people in their journey with God from moving forward. I was thinking about some things that, that maybe some of us today are facing in our lives. Some of us are facing pain right now. For some of you, it might be physical pain. Maybe it's chronic Maybe it was a diagnosis. Can I remind us today that he is the God that healeth thee and that he went to that cross and bore his stripes upon his back so that we might be healed, amen? It might be a family member who's in pain today. It might be uh, something within you know, our physical or mental conditions that's going on and pain hurts. For some, it might be emotional. It might be an emotional pain. Maybe it's grief. Maybe it's loss. Maybe for some of us, we're battling with anxiety and depression. When pain hits, it hurts. For somebody else, it might be relational pain. Might be, maybe your marriage is on the rocks today. Maybe it's a child, a struggle in a relationship within family. Maybe it's a friendship and pain hurts. Maybe for somebody else, it's financial pain. Maybe it's debt that seems overwhelming. And you're wondering, man, am I ever going to get out of this situation? Your portfolio took a hit. It hurts. Maybe it's career pain. Maybe it's your business or your career that has stalled. Pain hurts. But here's one, one of the things that I've learned, too, about pain. Pain can do one of two things. Pain can either paralyze you or it can propel you to move forward. And you and I have to make that decision in our life, what we're going to allow that to be in, in, our, in our life. This woman allowed her pain to propel her forward towards Jesus. I love her tenacity because she refused to allow pain to paralyze her. It's a lot of years dealing with that issue that she had because she knew that her answer was Jesus, and can I remind us on this Sunday morning that your answer to anything and everything that we're dealing with today is always and has been Jesus. Come on, are you with me today? Come on, the name that is above every name, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you say amen today? I think about pain in my own life in 2021. Three dates that I will never forget. July 14th, July 30th, August 6th of 2021. Pain hit my life. I just began 
uh, just a time away, a vacation, and um, a sabbatical with uh, Bethany and the kids. And in fact, I was only about two weeks in when we took a vacation down to Florida. I was entering in our third day when I got a phone call from my stepfather, and I could hear it in his voice. And I said, what's the matter? Because I got a text to call him. And he said, Kyle, I found your mom this morning unresponsive on the floor. Your mom's 57 years of age, my hero. I was a mama's boy, always have been, always will be. And she raised me most of our life and, and just single mom working hard, loved Jesus with all her heart. That morning, she was found unresponsive, and he said, I think you need to get here as soon as you can. I got on the next flight I could out of Florida, and there I flew home. And when I got into the hospital room, I found out that doctors were saying by the time that they got to her to attend to her, there was too much time, and that she was brain dead. Pain hit, and it hurt. And so we begin to pray and we begin to stand together and believe God. Mom fought a lot of different things in her own life, but the thing that my mother always taught me, and I watched her persevere, woman of faith, woman of prayer, whom I'm grateful today of, but man, she got in my spirit, A, how to pray, B, to always know that God is always good. Regardless of what happens, that guess what? No matter what the outcome is, God's goodness always prevails. And so then we had to put mom in hospice care. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done because I'm used to being on the other side of it. I'm used to being the one to minister and to help people in their crisis and their family moments and situations as a pastor. It's one of the honors of my life. And I've been bedside of many who have breathed their last breath. It really is and honored to be with families in those moments because it is so difficult, and yet here I'm the one. I'm in pain. I'm the one staying with my stepfather nights there in the hospice facility, and it was hard. Pain hit on Ju July 30th, that early morning, 2 a.m. My stepdad was there, got a call, saying, you need to get back here right away. This might be it. I can't even tell you how fast I was going. I won't tell you how fast I was going, but I needed to get there. I sat down, got, I mean, I hustled, ran in there, sat right next to my mom's bed, and I could see it was were minutes away. Grabbed her hand, held on to her, tears streaming down my face. Pain was hitting, and nurse took her pulse and had a very faint pulse when I got there. Two minutes after I arrived, mom breathed her last breath and slipped into eternity in heaven. I knew immediately she was with the Lord. I had no doubt about that. Her last breath here was her first breath in heaven. That brought me peace to know that, but I was still hurting. And then on August 6th, we had her funeral, and I spoke at some of it. I didn't do all of it, but I did speak, and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, but I knew I wanted to honor her and speak. And so then after that, I get hit with a freak sickness. And I get hit with this sickness, and I am down. Depression is hitting me. Anxiety is hitting me. 
and the devil is eating my lunch. It was a very dark time for me, to be quite honest with you, and, and, and it was dark because there I was, I was struggling with questions, even my own faith. Can I, is it okay if I just be real with you today? Can I talk to you? Can I talk to you from my heart? And so there I was, but the one thing I never stopped doing, and I want you to hear this today, I never, even in the midst of how hard it was, I'm not real proud of it, but there were many days I didn't even get out of bed. The thing that I did not quit doing was talking to the Lord. I continued to pray, and I continued to read his word. And then I would say a few months later in the fall, finally, that thing broke. And that thing lifted off of me. And I knew that I had a decision to make. Either I'm going to allow my pain to paralyze me, or I'm going to allow it to propel me forward in the name of Jesus. But I'm telling you, it was because of God in his presence that lifted that thing up off me and broke that darkness that was covering me. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I'm here to encourage some people. Whatever you might be facing right now, I'm here to declare over your life that Jesus is greater and that whatever darkness may seem to have surrounded you, I'm here to declare to you that God is surrounding it today. Number two, you've got to press past disappointment. The Bible says that this woman went to doctor after doctor and didn't find any answers. The doctor bills were piling up. Scripture says to us that she spent all that she had. But things only got worse for her. I think when you look at this story in that moment, it was a real recipe for hopelessness and a recipe for her to quit. And can I tell you, the enemy will always try to use disappointment to get you to stop your pursuit with God. In fact, let me ask you a question. This is between you and the Lord, not between you and I. But does disappointment cause you to stop pressing into Jesus? It's a question we need to think about. Disappointment with my career or even with my child this woman in Mark chapter five pressed past disappointment. She continued to pursue Jesus. Your miracle is in your movement. There is a blessing in the pressing today, amen? Mark 16 says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues and they will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. There is power in the name of Jesus. About 14 years ago, I had a real freak illness that sent me to the hospital. And it was so, it was so just out of nowhere that I'll never forget. I was when I was living in Columbus, Ohio, by the by the way, as I lived in Columbus for 11 years before we moved to Fort Wayne. And Bethany is about eight months pregnant with our firstborn, with Ashton at the time. And I just got progressively worse. I'll never forget the doctor said this to us when we were in the ER and they're doing all these scans trying to figure out what in the world is going on. 
And he's used this word. This has the potential to get very wicked, he said. He used that word. And so at that point, we knew and we felt this is very spiritual. Can I tell you something today that whatever is concerning you is concerning to God? That God cares a lot about what you're thinking about and the things that you're concerned about. And so all of a sudden, within 24 hours, I'm in the ICU on life support fighting for my life. We're gonna throw up a picture. It's not a glamour shot, but it's a real moment, a real picture, that at the time, it was my mother who took that picture because she said, we're gonna testify when you get out of this. But there I was, many weeks in a coma, and finally, right before Christmas, the doctors brought in my wife and all of my family into the consultant, consulting room. They said, Kyle is not responding. We're giving him just days to live. On life support, respirator, all the things, the vent, not improving, not getting any better. And my family had a decision they had to make. And by the way, can I tell you how great it is to be a part of the body of Christ, to have church family in that season who is surrounding my wife and surrounding our little baby, to have pastors who cared and a team of people that were crying out for the Lord and praying on our behalf and holding vigils, believing God for a miracle and a turnaround. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for churches like Experience that are a praying church. Come on, somebody. Amen. And, and so there they were praying. And Bethany, up out of her spirit, she said, God just challenged me. Speak a Christmas miracle into motion. Speak that his body is going to wake up in Jesus' name out of this coma. And so all of a sudden, she began to give that word to our, to the, our, our church leaders, our pastors at the time, and they just started prophesying and declaring, come on, that I'm gonna wake up out of this coma. And, and there I was at such a grave place on the doorstep of eternity. But how many of you know there is power in the name of Jesus? And it was on, it was on that Christmas morning that out of nowhere, I woke up out of the coma. I'll never forget watching the doctors and the nurses run in, y'all, because the other thing they were concerned about was brain damage, because I had a little moment uh, with some oxygen, some issues to my brain where my levels were at, and they began doing all these kinds of tests. It was freaking me out, but I was awake, and I'll never forget it, and all of a sudden, day after day, my wife and, and our family came in. They're loving on me. They're hugging on me. And I'll never forget the last day I was discharged. The, the medical team who had worked on me all came to see me off and said, we want to tell you something. Said, you should, they literally said, you should be dead. My family was right there with me. Said, we've never seen anything like this before. You should be dead. Said, you are a miracle, a medical miracle. We have no explanation Except somebody, this is what the doctor said, somebody up there, he pointed, must love you. I said, oh, he does. <laughs> I said, and he knows my name. I said, we got things to do for the kingdom of God. We got things to do. I got a baby to celebrate, a church to go plant one day. 
What am I saying today? I've just come to stir some people's faith today to remind us and to help us to understand that he is who he says he is. He is a God who is present. He is a God who is healing. He is a God who is speaking. He is a God that is moving today. Somebody give God a hand in this place today. Oh, I'm thankful for the power of Jesus and who he says he is. You've got a number three, press past religion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Think about this. If you don't know this part of the story, the religious law in those days said this woman was unclean because of her condition, because of her bleeding. She was not, once you think about this, based upon what we just read, she was not permitted to go in public. She was wrong in their term, in the religious law's terms, for going out that day. She wasn't allowed to be with her family and friends because she was unclean. She pressed past religion and she touched Jesus. Can I tell you something today that religion will keep you from Jesus? Religion will tell you that you've messed up so much you can't go to Jesus. You can't be in church. Maybe you feel nasty today or unworthy today or broken. You say, well, you don't know what I've done and the sin that I've done and how bad it is. I'm telling you today, don't let religion keep you from pressing towards Jesus. Religion will say, first, go clean up. But Jesus says, come to me messed up. And I will put you back together again. Your mess only means that you're a candidate for a miracle. So Lord, take me as I am. Because I realize I am nothing without you. And it's you that I need to put me back together again. Because there ain't no strength and no power in me to do this on my own. What am I saying? I'm saying don't let your mess or religion keep you. Again, in that place from pressing towards Jesus, you gotta press past religion. You gotta sometimes be willing to be misunderstood by people. <laughs> religion, think about this. I was thinking about this this week when I was prepping. If, if that woman would have leaned in to the law of her day, think about this, this is real. Religion would have literally killed her. It would have killed her. But it was her faith that healed her. Can I encourage you? Don't worry about who isn't with you. But look at the one who is for you and who is in you. Greater is he who is in you than the devil that's running loose in this world today. His name is above every name. Do you believe it today, church? Amen? Number four, you got to learn how to press past people sometimes. <laughs> hey, look at the person next to you and say, hey, if the first three weren't for you, this one is. Let them know. Let them know. If the first three wasn't for you, like, th th pay attention to this one. All right, just like, hang, hang with me right here. The Bible said that this woman had to press through the crowd to get to Jesus. And 
You know, I was thinking, I thought, boy, I can see people in her day saying things like, girl, what you doing? Girl, what you doing outside? You unclean. You nasty. Like, you ain't supposed to be out. What are you doing? You out of your mind. Leave. But I love that this woman did not allow people to keep her from pressing through the crowd to get to Jesus. Oh, there'll be some people, if you're not careful, that'll keep you from the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 25, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Some of you need to press past some people today to get to Jesus. Let me give you some, some examples of that. Just kind of some subpoints I would add to pressing past people. What do I mean by that? For some of us, it's pressing past negative influences. That you've got some people that are keeping you from God's plan. The crowd you're running with is keeping you stuck in addictions, stuck in habits. And you've got to press past negative influences. That's why I love small groups. That's why I believe in small groups so much. I know Experience Church does small groups as well. We, it's, it's a huge thing for us back home as well because life change really does happen in the context of relationships. And, and your Bible talks a lot about that. James 5, 16, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another so that you may be healed. So God uses people to bring healing. And I know what some people are thinking. Well, people are my problem, pastor. Well, then you're hanging around the wrong people. My name is Kyle Mills. I'm, I'm, I'm here to be your friend and encouragement today, all right? <laughs> but we need the right people in our life. You need people who are not impressed by you, but are honest with you, who don't always agree with you. I've always said, man, I don't want a bunch of bobbleheads in my life. I need some people who would challenge me who will help me, who always don't see the way I see. Hear me. If they're keeping you from God, they are not your friend. If you want a prophecy, there you go. You can write that down and put it on your refrigerator and hit that every time you go by it. All right? For some, we've got to press past the doubters. You've got some doubters in your life and it's keeping you from God and his purpose. They say, man, you aren't, you're not gonna receive that miracle. Why are you still serving Jesus? Why are you still tithing? Why are you still going to church? It's not working for you. But you have to press past the doubters because there's a blessing in the pressing. Your miracle is on the other side of your movement. Don't let doubters rob your faith. Don't let them keep you from believing that God is able to do what he said that he would do. God, listen, your Bible says in Revelation that God opens doors that no man can shut. And he shuts doors that no man can open. You gotta press past doubters. All right, here we go. For some, you gotta press past haters. Anybody got any haters in your life? got to press past some haters. Can I tell you something about haters? They don't want you to get a miracle. 
They want to hurt you, not help you. And you've got to press past the haters and press into Jesus. Galatians 1, verse 10, great verse. It says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Can we hear a big amen to God's word there? If you want to please people, go sell ice cream. Right? Haters can get in our ear, and they love to gossip. They love to use social media. They love to trash you. And here's the thing that I do know is they can paralyze you if you allow it. And to keep you from pressing towards Jesus. Don't let haters keep you from pressing towards Jesus. I remember starting ministry and preaching when I was 14 years of age. And I can remember a specific moment that I had uh, years ago, 12 years of age, sitting with other pastors and one of them looking at me and saying, hey, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to preach in my teen years and pastor a church one day. He laughed at me, pointed at me and said, get another career. Look for something else. He said, and oh, by the way, nobody will ever have you in as a teenage preacher. I thought, my God, man, thank you, brother encouragement. And can I tell you something cool God did in that moment? I'll never forget this. He kept talking, and it was like the Spirit of God put spiritual earmuffs on my ears. No joke. He was talking. I couldn't hear anything, and I heard God say, but not, that's not what I told you. Yeah. And God was shielding me from the rest of it. I remember being 26 years of age, and God finally telling Bethany and I it was time to move from Columbus, Ohio, to go plant a church in Fort Wayne. God called me there when I was nine. Story for another time, but, but I, I, I said yes, and I remember even own, my own family members, because I quit my job, and for a season, my wife became my sugar mama. Thank you, Lord. Believed in the dream, all right? But that's exactly what happened. And so, so in that moment, though, we, we, we moved, but we had family members, and even people say, you will fail, you are an irresponsible husband and father. How dare you? And there was a rift for years in our family. It was awful. But they didn't know what I knew and what God had called me to do. Are you with me today? And I knew we had to be obedient to what God had told us to do. Even at 26 years of age, we went and then we launched in 2012 Elevate City Church. And then, then, then we were there for nine years and the pandemic hits, Lord have mercy, 2020, we all know what that was like. But in the middle of it all, here we are, we're facing some real issues with our building that we're in, leasing this with a Christian school. The owner freaks out, loses her mind, and tries to just kick us out. We have to get attorneys and everything involved because she was breaching contracts regardless of the issue. But literally came down that we were only allowed to use the auditorium because of some verbiage. And they shut down our kids' ministry after we relaunched in the summer of 2020. Oh, I was fired up. I was madder than spit. I'm telling you that right now. And so, but I heard the Holy Spirit say, I've set this up. And I said, oh? <laughs> like, that'd be good if you would have told me at the, maybe the beginning of the year how this was gonna look. And he said, no, 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 I'm about to do something. You need to be open up and start looking for a facility because I'm, I'm about to show you it. So we started praying and fasting and we always knew God was going to put us in the inner city 
but we just didn't know how it was gonna look. And it was right in the midst of the chaos that we, we, we went downtown and we bought a facility downtown, 30,000 square feet in the inner city of Fort Wayne. We left the comfy confines of our suburbia where we were at because God told us to. People left us in that time, said, you're crazy. The haters came out. The email said, you will close in one year. There is no way you can financially make it where you're at. We, uh, uh, where we are at, where our church is at right now, and it's, it's changing, but it's considered the most poverty area of the state of Indiana. But God said, I'm gonna use you to break that spirit and to break, tear down that territorial spirit in Jesus' name and watch me move. Also was the most violent part of Fort Wayne and has been. Just last week, I shared stats and, and we've been meeting with the city council and, and the police force, different ones, and we're seeing stats now begin to tank down and we're seeing what used to be the most violent part of our city. We're seeing God move. And can I tell you, for all the haters that, that emailed us, our church is the strongest, most healthiest, financially, all the things than we've ever been. We're growing way more than we ever did there. Why? Because we're where God needed us to be. And in the midst of it, and even this morning, we're still having issues. On the drive here, I got up this morning at 5 something a.m. I got a call. Pastor, there's been a, a shooting, three people, two minutes from the church. And so I told our team, I said, okay, we've got more work to do. And we're going to do it where that would drive some people out, we understand that we have been called and planted and we, that's why you cannot listen to the haters. The haters will keep you from God's plan. The haters will try to out-talk you because listen, when God speaks a thing, it won't always make sense to you, but I'm telling you today, what he speaks will come to pass in Jesus' name. There's something I wanna share with you. There is absolutely nothing you can do to impress or satisfy people who are going to hate you anyways. So you've gotta make the decision to live for him, not them. Here's the final thing. Number five, and I'm closing. Press past yourself. Experience, church, you've got to press past yourself. When waiting for a miracle, it's easy to get weary, tired, to start wonder, is it worth it? And much like the woman with the issue of blood, for years and years, you've got to press past. Your Bible says in Galatians 6, let us not be weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't stop going to church. Don't stop serving. Don't stop tithing. Stay in your small groups. Don't grow weary in doing good, but at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. Are you hearing me today? Keep pressing towards Jesus through the disappointment, through the pain. Keep worshiping him, keep praying, keep trusting him, keep honoring him, keep pressing, and know that there is a blessing in that. Here's the final verse. Would you stand to your feet all over this place? Here's the end of the story. I know you wanna know. It says that once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? It says, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Experienced church, can I encourage you? Press past your pain. Press past the disappointment. Press past the religion. 
press past the people, press past yourself. There's a miracle in your movement. There's a blessing in your pressing. Will you bow your head? I want to pray for you, Father, right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that is in this room. God, we feel you. We know you're here. I'm asking for every person, God, right now that's in this place where there's pain that's present. Spirit of God, I'm asking you right now, touch them right where they're at. Right where they're at today. I speak life over them. I speak encouragement. I speak to people who are dealing with physical illnesses right now. And I speak the healing power of God to come upon you. Be healed in Jesus' name this day. I don't know who it is right now. If, if, if there's something you've been diagnosed with, you just put your hand right there. Can I just pray for you? Right now, whoever, whoever it is, there might be a lot of people that need God to move in healing right now, physical healing. We're seeing God do some cool things right now in this season in our church with physical healings. Lord, we send the word of the Lord right now, right now, right now. I see, I see different ones laying hands. And God, I'm asking you, touch them right now. We speak that spirit of infirmity and disease and sickness go from their body today. Right now, right now, right now, by your stripes, God, we are healed. You are the God who heals all of our diseases. God, you rose me up off a deathbed. You can touch each and every person in this place. Our faith is in you alone. Lord, we're asking you, heal and touch and let the testimonies that come, I'm believing out of this Sunday, before your glory in Jesus' name. If you're here and you don't know Christ, I want to give you an opportunity on the count of three. If you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus, but I know I need to know him today. Maybe you had a relationship with him at one point. And you said, I need that today. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to slip up your hand right where you're at and you can put it right back down. Come on, all over this room. I believe there's some people that need to respond. One, two, three, real high. Say, that's me, Pastor, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Yeah, yeah, awesome, yeah. You can put your hands down, awesome. I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer. Yeah, gotcha. Just say this, say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody shout a good amen. Let's give God one more hand today for all he's done. Amen.